This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Ann Nicholson-Weber, and my guests are Stephen Buntrock and Beth Lanza. Stephen plays Emile Debeck, and Beth plays Nellie in the Marriott production of South Pacific that's currently running. Um, it's a wonderful revisiting of a show that I forgot how much I adore till I came and saw it again. Um, so I thought it would be fun to talk both about this production and also about the life of the life in the musical theater. And I guess, Stephen, a place to start would be, I gather you've got uh, history with this show and this theater. Maybe just fill us in on that. Um, yes, I do have a, a, a history with this show, with this theater. Um, 1990, 23 years ago, I made my professional debut as Lieutenant Cable in South Pacific. Right. And it has not been done since. And so when Terry James, my good friend Terry James, the producer of the theater, gave me a call and said, hey... Do you want to come full circle and play Emile de Beck? Well, first, my, my first thought was, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> and, um, and, but, uh, and second, uh, how appropriate to come mm. full circle. Well, it bring, it's interesting because I thought we would go to this part of the interview second, but it just so naturally leads into the career path for mm-hmm. a musical theater performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what, um, listeners might not know is that for Beth, this is, well, you said your first equity. This is my lead. first show where I am, I'm under an equity contract now. Uh-huh. So I'm officially in the actors union. Uh, but this is my first show at the Marriott, let alone my first big lead really in, in yeah. one of the equity theaters in town. Yeah. Right. So we have someone who's, you could say early career professional mm-hmm. and someone who's mid career. Would, oh, would you God accept you. that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I would, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I think things are wrapping up, but thank you for that. Well, yeah. and Stephen, um, again, listeners may not be aware of his incredibly impressive resume, including Broadway production of Little Night Music mm. with Elaine Stitch and, um, uh, I'll, I'll drop the name, Bernadette Peters. Thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll pick it up now. <laughs> and a many, a set, well, I don't know, what, four or five Broadway shows? Is um, that... Who's counting? Nine. Nine Broadway yes. shows, right. I've been blessed. You know, more importantly, I've been blessed to support a family, have a household. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's more important to me than than listing the, the, of the credits. Right. Uh, but being able to actually make a living, a decent being, living yes, in the theater. And it's a very rare case in our right, world. Right. And uh, it's scary, terrifying, but yet very fulfilling. Hard yes. to do almost anywhere except Broadway, really. I mean, to really have... Well, you definitely can make a living here in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know. Because um, a living costs less for one reason. It does. Yeah. And you have so many other different types of opportunities here. Mm-hmm. It's unmatched in yeah. New York. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And, and as I was saying before, I... I consider this to be a great starting point for anybody who wants to find themselves in theater, mm-hmm. making a living. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, certainly we who <clears throat> live here like to think so. It's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm born and raised here, kind of like Steve from uh-huh. the suburbs. I'm from Wheaton, and um, I'm proud to be a Chicago actor, and I'm proud to have put in the years in the non-equity work mm-hmm. that's in town too you mentioned there's over 100 there's so many and whether it's a 60 seat storefront or you know 
mm-hmm. giant stages of, mm-hmm. of Paramount. Some of the non-equity work that I've gotten to do, I'm, I'm so proud of. And I feel like Chicago, and I haven't spent time in New York, so I'm not sure if it's totally accurate, but I feel like Chicago is a very embracing town for young actors. And I felt like, especially when I first got out of school, that I had the opportunity to be working while I was still learning. Yes. And that casting directors and directors in general were were more encouraging and more forgiving. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's what built up my confidence. I was a music major in college, and so I almost felt behind when I first started off and started auditioning. And I felt like most of the theater training and acting that I learned was as I went. And I have my friends. There's there's a bunch of us in, in our show right mm-hmm. now that I feel like I've come up with. There's right. a bunch of us together who've all been in the non-equity trenches for a long time, and we're slowly working our way into some of the bigger houses. And you take care of each other. They're your family. and. You know what? You said everything that I think about Chicago. Yeah. It is a family. Mm-hmm. And I remember going back 23 years with Kathy Stanton and David Studwell, who were Emile DeBeck and Nelly. Um, I was green, 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 green. Did I mention green? Um, <laughs> and uh, I went right into an equity contract. Uh-huh. So I had to stay equity. And right. so those non-equity experiences, which I do think... I, I think they're fantastic experiences. Um, I I was not able to really partake in, and I wish I kind of had that. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I've heard other actors express is that, um, well, first of all, when you get to musical theater at this level, it has to happen really fast. There's just not enough money to pay for very much rehearsal. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a lot of time to experiment and do really bold things that might or might not work. You kind of just have to get it right pretty fast. I don't know if you would completely agree with that, but that's... That's, 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 that's kind of right, but kind of not at the same time. I, You know what? <clears throat> this is a... I'm sorry if I just jumped in, but uh, this experiment, the two-week rehearsal process... Being here and doing it so many times, as an actor, you immediately get used to what you have to do, Mm -hmm. what you have to bring to the table. You can still bring ideas, and there still is time for you know success and failure. As long as you have a director like David Bell, who you feel comfortable, you feel safe, you feel that you can fail and and immediately try again Uh instead of being blamed. Uh Um, And but it is a very quick process, especially when you're comparing it to a Broadway show where you have six weeks. Yeah. You know, sometimes I get into those six week rehearsals and I'm bored out of my mind. Let's put on the yeah. show here. It right. always feels impossible that you can't get it done in two weeks or three weeks, but it always yeah. manages to happen. And, yeah. um, and I don't even before the non-equity in Chicago doing summer stock theater where you've got uh, a week and a half to put something. Wow, you just right, jump yeah, right in. Yeah, so right. we we came in and and I'm gonna piggyback off of what you said. I felt like we could trust David Bell so much. Mm. I never left a day feeling like I done a bad job or feeling that one. I'd made a mistake. It was one day. There Remember was that? One you and I day both where, walked in. We both we just had us that day. We had such You such, have to hit the wall. You do. Well we had such an incredible uh day of, of just exploring and finding Nelly and Emil and we walked out of there so happy and we did a run through the next day and we were like, oh we have all this wonderful information and it was like I don't know. It was like... I could spin that in a positive way, though, to say uh, yes. we used that day to figure out what Emil and Nelly were not. <laughs> it, I love right? it. Yes. Um, well said. Part well of said. the process. We have a huge undertaking, which I never mm. really... 
understood until actually doing it is the, that first 18 minutes of the show. If you don't set everything up between mm-hmm. those two characters, mm-hmm. uh, where are you going to jump off to? Right. You know, it, you have, you've got to start the train going at 65 miles an hour right from the get go. Yeah. And right. if it's not, it's going to be a hard thing to pull that audience, uh, with you right. and get to where they need to be. When it doesn't happen, when you have a night where you think, uh, those 18 minutes didn't do what they had to, what does that mean? What didn't you do? Can you articulate it at all? I think we're still figuring that out. Um, We were talking about it last night. I think uh, the show starts on their first date, truly. They met once before we decided at the Mm -hmm. Officers Club dance, and this is the first time perhaps Emil said, let me show you my my garden, my grounds, you know, so this is the first time that they're by themselves. And I think that right there, that mystery and that nervousness. Mm -hmm. And for Nellie, this country hick from Arkansas, that she is in the middle of the biggest adventure of her life already being a nurse in the Navy. Um, But now she's here. She's on a plantation. This Glamorous, gold, older guy. Perhaps interested in her, and right. what does that mean? Right. And how is she nervous and handling that? And that's what has to be living there mm-hmm. to make that possible for me. And we feed right. off of each other yes. so much. And, and, and Emil is a little bit farther along in his thinking. He like, already knows what he wants. He already mm-hmm. knows this yeah. is the woman that he wants to be with. Right. And you know, he pretty much says it in the first line that he sings. Yeah. Is that can I ask her now? Right. Um, which is and some enchanted evening is almost the the offering of will you marry me right um doesn't come right out and say it but you know that's that's our journey it's and it's got to be quick it's two people not falling in love but just starting in love right yeah right and you also have to make that interesting and real and and the biggest thing is is we know what we can do every single night will work, mm. but is that doing us a disservice? Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If it gets um, too codified. And, you know, we both had a night. Um, we didn't feel we walked off the stage and we both looked at each other. And I don't think they believed the word we said. <laughs> um, but the difference between what you think is a good show and what the audience thinks is a good show right. is by maybe about a half an inch, what right. I'm indicating right, right now. Right. You know, our job is to make the audience feel. Now, sometimes as an actor, you do, you don't feel it, but you make other people right. feel it. Well, have the, have you <clears> had <throat> the experience, and I'd like to think in New York, where you were working with people who you felt were just phoning it in, where there there was a less Absolutely. commitment? Absolutely. That really does happen. Oh, my gosh, and I think it happens even more now. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of kids um, getting their first shot and not understanding what it takes to do eight shows a week. Yeah. And the understanding of showing up and doing your job. Let alone showing up, you know. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it, and and the old world, uh, you know. I know for a fact, working with Bernadette, that if anybody was out, she went down and found out why they were out. Mm-hmm. And you know that that the old school is slowly kind of dying. But I do have to say that there are people out there like myself that you know you just you better be on your deathbed if you're going to miss a show. Uh-huh, you know that right. kind of stuff, right? Um, when you said that Bernadette would go find out why someone was out, what was the spirit in which she was doing that? Well, I think, I think, I, I think there's always, um, was it real? You uh-huh, know, right, was, right. Are you, are you okay? First of all, right. And, and what else has happened? You know, right. That kind of stuff. And else, also why the hell were yes, you there? Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. But yeah. I mean, she's uh-huh. an incredible person. She's because elite. she would show up. Oh, 
I mean, <laughs> Elaine Stritch was literally being put into an ambulance having a diabetic shock, and she still wanted to do the show. Wow. And, um, and that's been, there's been a lot of people in my life and in my career that have showed me the way to be a professional actor, mm-hmm. a theater actor. Yeah. There's a way you act backstage. There's a way you act on stage. There's a way you treat this world that we live in yeah. and you don't take it for granted. Right. Mm. And you feel like there are young actors who don't get that. No, I really don't. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think, and this is the difference. I think if anybody goes out to New York and gets into a Broadway show just like that, first of all, you're making $1,700 a week. That's mm-hmm. more money than anybody's ever seen. Right. And understanding that maybe, you know, you can miss a show or here, show or two here. Who cares? You're still making that kind of money. Right. Well, my, my first big show in Chicago was for a $200 stipend for the entire run. Right. That was my first lead. It was in Can Can at Circle Theater. Oh. Yeah. And for that, I mean, at this point, you are not in it for the money. Right. No, <laughs> that's no. true. And they expect that everyone's working two or three day jobs. And mm-hmm. um, and I knew someone right as I was starting to get into the scene who first Broadway audition right off the bat mm-hmm. landed it in New York. And here we are hoofing it for $200 right, for right. 12 weeks of work. But the pride that you have there, not a single one of us would have missed for right for that illegal amount of money either. <laughs> I noticed in your resume that you've done Disney cruises. I did. Is that fun or is that work? I had a blast. If uh-huh. you know me at all, you knew it was a life goal of mine to be a Disney princess. So <laughs> I had a great time. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a challenge in many ways because you are on a boat and there are all these maritime rules let on top of Disney has very strict mm-hmm. the guidelines mm-hmm. through corporate but I also understand why they have their rules. So uh-huh. it was hard at times, but I loved it. And uh-huh. I was very lucky. We had a wonderful cast. Uh, the cast that we replaced weren't speaking to each other. Oh, gosh. <laughs> when, we, when we got on board. And there they are on the boat yeah, with nowhere to go. You're That's bad. Trapped. But I, I had a wonderful time. Um, and there are many performers who kind of make a career out of it mm-hmm. at least for a few years because you can make good money there. Well, um, before we leave, this kind of piece of the the interview, I I wondered, Stephen, if there's any advice that you would give Beth. Advice that I would give Beth? Just to always, we talked about it yesterday, is that you never know what's going to be around the corner. Mm -hmm. And success... Career-wise, you mean? Mm -hmm. Career-wise. And, you know, um, and I explained to her, you know, after doing a little night music, which I considered some of my best work that I've ever done, how... Egotistical is that my best no, work? No, no, there's but, such a you know, thing. Sure, um, you're your own. Critic. Well, I've been unemployed for two years afterwards. Yeah, yeah. wow. Doing That's you know, tough. doing other things that you know, and to not let that dictate you, dictate to you who you are and who and what you do in your career. Right. I think that would be the only thing that I would tell her. Well, what here? Here's, here's a follow up to that. What advice would you have given the young Stephen playing Lieutenant uh, Cable? You said you were green, green, green. Green. Oh. What was it that you didn't know that you know now? Well, um, I would have had much more patience. I would have kept my temper. Uh-huh. I would not have tried to mimic other people, thinking that that was the best way of doing things. Their tendencies and emotions uh-huh. backstage. Uh-huh. Um, I needed to grow up. Mm-hmm. I was twenty-one. Yeah, and I needed to grow up. Um, so. 
I would say that's the big thing that it's, it's in my head that I would tell yeah. Stephen Bunchrock at 21. Grow up. Yeah. Grow up. Behave. Um, earlier, you are talking about these first 18 minutes of the show and how you have to establish this relationship. And there are those nights, at least now and then, when you don't feel like you quite hit it. And I was going to say... It occurs to me, which it never has, thinking about the theater before, that you have the advantage that pretty soon a song's going to come along. Mm-hmm. And I would think that, that there's something in the music that really helps create emotion. If you're having a flat night, mm-hmm. at least that beautiful underscoring's going to start and those chords and those melodies kind of lift the audience up and maybe you too. Is that is that true or is that just in my head? Mm-hmm. I think yes and no. Mm-hmm. I think definitely. And just when a nice person says yes and no, what they really mean is no. no right, right, <laughs> I think right. it depends. It depends on the <laughs> moment. Um, I think the biggest challenge and one of my favorite parts about musical theater is singing a song and making it as real as the dialogue that I yes. had before. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge of not letting yourself, oh, now I get to sing to a sing. song. Right, I'm still to acting. keep it there. And if you have a lyric, like, for example, in our show, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love with a wonderful guy. I mean, right. I say that so many times. Right. And if I just kind of went into the music, I wouldn't still be telling the story. Yeah. So you have to keep layering your story mm-hmm. into the music mm-hmm. to keep, that powerful. I don't know. What do you think? You yeah. know, I, I don't think I've ever enjoyed singing a song that how much I enjoy singing uh, this nearly was mine. Yes. Um, for the first time in my life, I just feel it's the one of the most, I know he's talking about heartache, but it feels like it just, I feel like a man. Ah. Just a, just a man, you know? <laughs> and I kind of find myself going in and out of that. That I know I have to keep the story going, but I, I find myself almost every single night in catching myself going, God, I love singing this song. Oh, you know? right, that's right. an uh, aria. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, you know, right. and, and, and you, when, when you feel the audience, the hush, yeah. that is a great feeling that you're, yeah. you're transmitting what you yeah. need to be doing. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's also other things in this show that, mm-hmm. you know, produce tension in me and, and, you know, you just want to do the best job you possibly can, you know, and you think about it actually as a mechanical way of doing things. Um, and, uh, you know, there's... Explain that a little more. I didn't totally follow what you meant. Well, it, like, um, in some songs, in, in, a, in a song that I have to sing, there is a, I just have got to, um, I've got to, I've got to be aware of how my voice is reacting to the song. Uh-huh. And I have to be more technical. Technically, yes. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I have got to um, how much emotion I would love to put into it. I can't put too right. much into it without it being distorted, having vocal con- yeah, consequences. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, there is that aspect right. that you have to think about. Right. And uh, they to, have you, to feel it, but maybe you don't right, get to. Right. right. Yes. You have to. You have. You have to push that product out there. Right. And right. make sure that they believe it. Right. You know? Um. Well, talking about acting as you sing reminds me of a, a question I had wondered about. Um, Nellie has a very strong Arkansas, Arkansas accent. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know that with dialect, one of the, one of the things that distinguishes one dialect from another is placement, vocal placement, like where, you know, in your head and your mouth and your tongue in the back of your throat. So if you, if you sing in dialect, which you do certainly to a degree, um, as Nellie, um, does it, does it affect your placement? What, how do you, is that a technical issue you think about or you just do it and, and 
Don't worry about I it. I think for this show, I have to take the cop out and just say, I just do it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I have to do that, I think. And I know, I know that my accent, uh, is not as prominent when I sing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just to a, to a degree, keeping the story going and keeping the translation of what you're singing and talking about for your audience going. There's one thing to speak with an accent and that's all your audience has to pay attention to, Mm -hmm. let alone now they're following a rhyming pattern of your words that you're singing and maybe it's keeping it clear for them too. Ah, that's interesting. Um, Yeah. And I've definitely thought about that for accents that I've done when I played Eliza Doolittle, mm-hmm. making sure that your cockney when you sing is still intelligible for them when right. your singing is different. Right. Um, for Nellie, for Nellie, it hasn't been a challenge for me uh-huh. too much. Um, Marriott has some, uh, I don't know, peculiarity is too strong a word, but some idiosyncrasies as a um, space. First of all, that you're playing completely in the round. And mm-hmm. I don't know how many musical houses are built that way, but it can't be very many. Um, and the other is where the orchestra pit is, which is not a pit at all. It's a mm-hmm. balcony. And there seems to be, from the audience, it looks like there's actually glass between you mm-hmm. and the orchestra. Is that right? It's a, it's a, it's an enclosed soundstage. Uh huh. So, so what does that, I mean, you both obviously have worked in a lot of other spaces. Does that create any very specific challenges or is it a non-issue? Either of those things for well, you? First. Well, you've worked at the Marriott more than me. Well, so. it's, First of all, I feel that there is no escape on that stage. Right. You can't turn your back. You on cannot your turn your back. Everything you right. are, and, and to as an actor, that's kind of freeing. Mm-hmm. That's very freeing. Um, the other thing is, is that I actually feel without Patty, our wonderful conductor, actually present, looking at us, um, being in our space, I feel strangely enough at one with the music. Mm. That she's got to listen to what I'm doing, and I've got to listen to what she's doing, and we've got to come together. But I, I feel like it's just me and the music, and no one else out there. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know how else to explain that. Yeah, um, no, it totally makes you know, sense. And uh, we've got to listen. I feel that's a very special thing that's that's here. Um, that's interesting. It's strange yeah. to say that, but yeah. I do. I really do. I, I agree. I, I like <clears> the natural <throat> feeling that you have when you're in an arena stage. Mm-hmm. You can, mm-hmm. you can turn any which way you want in a proscenium mm-hmm. space. If you turn upstage, your audience is gone. You right. know, you, you are not communicating anymore. But here, you can be 100% natural in your mm-hmm. movement, allowing that, you know, you have good sight lines for everyone. But, uh, I enjoyed the freeness of being able to do that. I find myself more nervous. The the immediacy of the audience. I mean, right there. Always. You hear <laughs> you hear everything <laughs> they do. Yeah. And it was so wonderful and so yet terrifying the first night that we did the show because I had completely forgotten about that. I sat down in the chair and all I could hear was this. Right. And you're like, wow, I forgot how much you really do have to concentrate here. Yeah. And you've got to keep them in it. That took me a while to get yeah. used to. This was the first time I'd ever done a show in the round. And <clears> those first couple previews, I was so easily distracted. Yeah. Uh-huh. There are people right there. And I've done storefront theater where there are people right there. At Fiobuque, we were right. two feet away from you. But right. it's something different when they're completely mm-hmm. surrounded. One mm-hmm. of my favorite first shows was 
Steve had just finished singing Some Enchanted Evening, and I heard a little old woman say, oh, he's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to show like, yes, he is. Right. <laughs> yeah, but they, but they are right there. Right. Um, does, it, does the audience ever disappear in your consciousness? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Uh-huh. Yes. Very much so. Sometimes more than others. There are certain moments of the scene where I won't even say because now I, right. if I specify it, then I'll think about it tonight. Right. But definitely mm-hmm. there are moments, no matter no matter how distracted I could be or no matter how much we were in our own heads mm-hmm. at the beginning mm-hmm. where it instantly will fall away. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And and that, it sounds like you're talking about that as though that's when you're really in the show. That's better in some way than when you're conscious of the audience. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I like it. You know, it's, 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 um, it's really fun to, I feel that we, we have, I say product a lot, but I love what we are bringing, bringing to the audience. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love the feeling when, when we do feel that it works, like we're showing off, you know, in a little uh-huh. bit. I mean, <laughs> right. yeah. it's just, just great, you know, and, um, and just love sitting. And Isn't this basking. great? Yes. Listen to this. Isn't this yeah. great? Yeah. yeah. Right. And basking in it. Yeah. And people are saying, yeah, this yeah. is great. Yeah. Interesting. Well, to end on it, maybe a downer note, I'm sorry, but I'm mm-hmm. really interested, Stephen, um, for you t- to talk about what it's like for a really well-established, incredibly talented actor to go through a drought of two years. And I'm sorry to go back no. to that, but but what <clears> do you do and, and how do you think about yourself and how do you, I don't know, what's well, it like? I I, I love doing construction. Uh-huh. So I built decks. Uh-huh. I built patios. I redid someone's kitchen. Um, you know, I would do little jobs here and there, theater jobs that would maybe just pay, you know, part of the mortgage. Right. Um, you know, still, uh, my wife and I have a, a Broadway camp that we do in the summer in California. Uh huh. You know, it's, it's, it's strange. There was about six months after a little night music closed where I was just like, what the heck? Where is everybody? What? <laughs> right. Come on. Did, what did I do? <laughs> I thought I was really good. Yeah. Where is everybody? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And the, the, but that's the yin and the yang of the ego that an actor has got to deal with. Yeah. You know, and I think actually I, my ego got a little bit too big and, you know, and I was actually saying no to some projects, projects that just were not, um, didn't feel like the next thing. Yes. Right. And I don't know if that was the right way of doing it. Uh-huh. Maybe uh, the universe I had been turned so on challenged. Was, it is the most challenging show I've ever done in my life. Yes. Um, so compl- and, complex. Yeah. And having Steven Sondheim show up. Oh my God. Almost every other week, you're, you're, yeah. you know, you didn't know when he was going to be in the house or not. And, and when, when you are working with, you know, the likes of Bernadette and, and other brilliant stars, right. you know, you just, you knew you had to bring your A game every single night. Right. And, and, um, so, you know, I just, it was, it was tough. And yeah. my wife, thank God, I have a wife that, who is also in the business uh-huh. and who was it. working quite readily in TV mm-hmm. and in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we balanced that. I was able to be Mr. Mom a little bit more than I was, I would be able to when I would be performing. Right. Right. Um, but I hope my wish for anybody being in this business is not to have that kind of drought. And that's what's so funny. I, I was never afraid when I got into this business. I was never afraid of it. Yeah. I just always felt that I had something to give. Right. So I don't think that people with regular jobs truly appreciate what the courage it takes to just have to Make it happen over and over and over. <laughs> a close friend of ours was a Tony nominee <laughs> for On Your Toes, Lara Teeter. And um, he tells a story, you know, like four years after that, he's in California, you know, um, 
waiting tables at California Pizza mm-hmm. Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And this, um, he's got his little Lara name tag on there and, the some guy at the table says, "Oh, Lara, that's an unusual name." There was a guy on Broadway named, La-, and then looks up and realizes, uh, oh, you yeah. know. And and in most professions, you just go yeah. up the chain, you right. know. And it doesn't. If, and if you've been on Broadway and been a Tony nominee, no one would imagine that you go back to waiting tables. But it happens. Yeah. It can happen. And I personally just almost want to call it out because I don't think that all the people who get to come watch you do this work understand how much you give up to yeah. do it. Yeah, you do. I mean, we're not soldiers or, or anything like that or life or death situations, right. you know, yeah. but I do see, I do find that it takes an emotional toll on you. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, uh, you know, I can't even tell you how many jobs I've, I've lost. Right. You know, right. I, I wasn't fired. Right. You, know, so you just didn't get it. it. It's a daily, you know, and, yeah. and, um, you just have to keep that the old good old thing. You have to keep on on the grind right. and keep on going after right. it. Right. It's yeah. cheesy, but I I had a couple of times on stage it, within the show that we're in <clears> right <throat> now, based on your mood that night, how something might hit you differently than yes. it does. I I remember a night singing Cockeyed Optimist. That's what you have to be in order yeah. to be an actor because mm. when you get cast in a show when you're working you forget every cloud you've ever seen like like mm-hmm. Nellie says in the right. show mm-hmm. and oh then it's okay but we were just talking about it this week no it, it's always scary and it never stops being scary and and it, that's comforting for me as mm-hmm. someone quote unquote starting off that it, it always will be like that and when you can positively think of it I keep trying to, you know, when I get nervous about what's coming up next, mm. I have wonderful friends and family that remind you to be a whole person right. and to, you know, you give so much of yourself doing this job, but you can't only define yourself by this job right. or else that's when it starts getting really hard Yeah, when in the drought. But, so, but on a positive note. <laughs> Which, of course, we have to end right, on. <laughs> right. But on a positive note, though, the experiences that we get to experience, right. we oh. don't know what is going to come around the corner. Right. And, you know, a lot of people in the corporate world, they don't get that. There's mm-hmm. nothing that exactly sense of what possibility. Right. And we get to create something brand new. With every show that we do, right, um, and and that, that is worth it throughout any drought. And right. when you actually have those moments, when you feel that audience with you, and and you know that you could you could hear a pin drop, you know that's right. that's, that's the yin and the yang, right. you know. Right. Yeah. That's when Steph Tovar puts on his coconut shells and grass skirt and says, "It's another day at the office." <laughs> <laughs> so, <right. laughs> I love it. I think right. we should end on that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, then we will. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about it. Thank, Thank you. you.